Hey friends, welcome to Ill Natured. This is Michelle. And I'm Melissa. Alyssa has a case for us today. Yeah, we. I do. Yeah, I do have a case for. I do have a case for us today. Lucky you guys. Um, so, first of all, let me preface this by saying this is a night episode. We're real goofy. Real goofy. Ate a lot of food. Yeah. Drug a couple yeah. drunky drinks. Right. So Ooh, wow. Off in the cookies, and she just hit herself with her mic. So this That's is going to be. Okay. Um, interesting recording sesh. Yeah. If I may so say so. My my, if I'm, okay. And honestly, Ooh. no cuts. It's this is gonna be raw. Raw. I was a stop. I think you're making a rash decision. <laughs> I'll make the final decision in editing. Anywho, right. well, so I'm excited to know what this is. Alyssa's been I'm, throwing out teasers. It, oh for man, weeks. it's something that I didn't know I was gonna get so deep down inside mm-hmm. of. So, okay. Why did you get the next level with that one? I always do. <laughs> I'm here to. My level is always surpassed. So today, yeah, we are covering the very, very bizarre case that is still unsolved to this day. Unsolved? Come on. Unsolved? Y'all know I can't get off these mysteries, these unsolved. Own. I know. I don't. I just. These unsolved mysteries? <laughs> you remember what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, Welcome back to Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> so, like I just said, this case includes an unidentified person. Um, mm-hmm. And we, like I said, unidentified. It is a child doe. I don't know if they call those John Doe's or not, but we'll get into all that. Yeah. So, before um, we dive into the story, I want to put a real quick um, little thought in here. I just want to say how crazy it is to me that there are unidentified people. Like, how in the world can nobody identify somebody and like let's say like one or two people can but like how are these two people the only person that know right said person you know like to your samuel little all the unidentified women that and he it, has admitted to killing but that are and it's bananas like how crazy. like i just don't understand there aren't any unidentified in georgia right now well i just looked at this because of the samuel little case mm-hmm. mm. wow. it's nuts well I just like I don't understand if these people just drop from the sky and like or like yeah. they have to have parents that got here somehow. Right. And if they went to like a foster home or something, like somebody would have seen them. Yeah, I don't know. So we'll get into all that though, because um, I've got theories upon theories for y'all. Mm-hmm. And I would like you. This is a really big thing. First of all, I want y'all to reach out to me and tell me what you think happened to this little boy. Mm-hmm. Um, little boy. Yes. Sorry. It is a, a, a young child. So, mm, mm. and it's kind of brutal and bleak, but here we go. Well, yeah. So, <clears throat> there's this cemetery in Cedarbrook, Philadelphia. And in this cemetery is a headstone that reads America's Unknown Child. 
And this grave was covered in stuffed animals and flowers from the community. And this unknown child has stumped police for over 60 years. Mm. 60 years. And like I said already, still is unsolved to this day with many, many, many unanswered questions. Mm. So today, without further ado, we are talking about the boy in the box. And I've never heard of it. Well, it's about to blow your freaking cranium. Yeah. So, February 1957. A young man was out in the morning trying to check some traps of his in the woods off of Susquehanna Road. Beautiful pronunciation. I think, this, I think that's it. Please do not come for me if it's not. That was gorgeous. I think it might be. Mm-hmm. When he stumbled across a body of a child in a cardboard box. And this box was just thrown off into a pile of garbage and rusted appliances in the middle of the woods. Mm. Um... The man did not report what he found because he was scared about what he was doing out in the woods. So, like, I guess traps were not legal. Like, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. So, he never told anybody that he saw this little boy laying in the box. Okay. Well, then a few days later, a college student said he saw a rabbit. Um, and knowing that there were traps in the woods, he followed the rabbit. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't specify if he thought he was saving the rabbit or trying to get the rabbit to eat. But he... Apparently, he's following this rabbit. Um, and then he stumbles across the box that had um, the boy in it. And initially, he thought it was a doll. Like, he didn't believe it was a child. Yeah. And he was scared to contact the police, police about what he found. But, what? But eventually, he did. So, like I said, he thought that this was a doll at first like he didn't think anything about it and then he got home and apparently there was like a little girl missing or something in the area and he was like oh shit like that might be this little girl so he contacted police um although side note police Mm. later discovered that this kid was actually a creeper and instead of like running Mm -hmm. through the woods to get a rabbit he was like creeping on girls through windows and stuff Uh yeah (laughs) so that is another reason he was scared to go to police because he was a creeper. Yeah. So, police discovered the body of the young boy in the box on February 25th. Upon arriving at the scene, they saw an empty bassinet cardboard box bought from JC's, JC Penny, And inside the box was the lifeless body of a young boy. Mm-hmm. Now, I am going to give you a trigger warning because this is the description of the boy. And it's, oh, it's, not, it's brutal. It's brutal. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to let you know. Yeah. So, the body of the boy was completely nude and wrapped in a plaid blanket. And the medical examiner stated that he was about 3 foot 3 and 30 pounds. Um, This boy had been beaten badly and there were many bruises that were visible on his body. His face was also severely bruised and swollen, which pointed to blunt force trauma to be his cause of death. Mm. The M.E. later confirmed... The boy died from multiple blows to his head. His estimated age ranged from three to seven on multiple sources because they never did find out like his exact age either. Uh, um, but that's from a big range though, from three to seven. I know. Huh. Well, from what I can tell from like the reconstructed pictures and the pictures of the body and oh. 
different things like that. I think he would probably be about four to five, maybe six. Yeah. And one source said that he hadn't lost any baby teeth, which would line up with like a four or five year old. Yeah. Um, he was um, a white boy with blue eyes and brown hair. And it was reported his hair was cut and they thought it could have been recently or given even after he had died oh. due to clumps of the matted hair on his body. So it looks like they just did it or oh. did it after death or something. There were surgical scars to the child's ankles and groin and he had an L-shaped scar under his chin. And since he was severely bruised and appeared to be underweight and malnourished, it was determined that he was more than likely abused for a while before his death. Oh Possibly this child's entire life. Mm -mm. And when I say malnourished, I mean it like uh, this poor child was so skinny, like his ribs were visible through his like skin. He legit looked like a skeleton. And it was even said that he had arrested growth that his body was one of a two-year-old. So, for if... Uh, what? Gosh. Ugh. Yeah. So, arrested growth, for anyone who doesn't know, is just where his growth plates didn't function correctly. While, like, while he was alive. And his bones just quit growing altogether. So, he stopped getting taller and... Like, he had, like, stunted growth because... That's so horrible. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, the box that this child was found in read Fragile Handle with Care, which seemed a little frightening considering what was actually found in the box. And despite all of this horrible stuff, this child was actually found clean, and police thought that he was given a bath before being put in the woods. Hmm. Some investigators believe this might have been the only time he was shown love in his entire life. Due to cooler weather, a time of death could not be narrowed down between a couple of days and like a few weeks. Like So it was not oh. a good time of death. But allegedly, it had rained the week of February 18th through the 25th, which is the week he was found. And there wasn't any water damage to the box, so it was thought that the box was placed there on you know, before or after things went, like had rained. Yeah. This is horrifying. <laughs> like so sad. Get let me just get into these theories and you're gonna be like, oh my gosh. <sighs> Cause it just just wow. So it isn't thought that he had been there for weeks, like just a few days at the most, possibly. And in an article on the site storiesoftheinsolved.com, there was a long brown strand of hair found at the scene that night as well, and it was not reported to be the boy's. Hmm. Despite the fact that the boy looked abused and abandoned, they took his fingerprints in hopes of a match, but unfortunately, this mystery would not be that easy to solve. Hmm. But thankfully, that didn't stop them, and they continued to to do all that they could. They plastered the boy's face all over the news shows and papers across the Philadelphia area. Mm -hmm. And over 400,000 flyers were printed and distributed. They were even sent out in gas bills to customers. So, like, they'd open oh, their wow. bills and the boy's face would be there in hopes that yeah. somebody could identify him. Mm. The media named this boy the boy in the box. This is so, this is where the young yeah. boy gets his name. Yeah. Police visited every children's home foster home and hospital making sure they were like none missing 
And the crime scene was searched by 270 police recruits to make sure they weren't missing any evidence or clues. Wow. That's a lot. I mean, that's good. In this search they did of the crime scene, they found a man's blue Ivy League corduroy hat, a child's scarf, and a man's white handkerchief with the letter G in the corner. Mm. Police also received thousands of calls from parents across the states wondering if that could be their missing child. Uh. But none of these parents were matched to the boy in the box. Mm. Authorities then had to dig a little bit deeper to see if they could come to any conclusions. So one thing they tried was writing a submission into a very popular pediatric journal. They thought since the boy had scars and seemed to have you know, been from right. surgeries and stuff that maybe somebody that possibly had performed these surgeries could identify the child. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately this was a dead end as well. And no mm. doctor ever came forward and they were back at square one. The next box they wanted to check off was hunting down information about the bassinet box because yep. they knew it was from JC Penney. So, um, and they could tell it was sold by a certain JCPenney in the area. Yep. And then they learned that only 11 of these, some 12 in different sources, but 11 yeah, to 12 of these. Not, not a lot. Those were the only ones that sold. Mm. Well, they were able to track down nine out of the 11 buyers, but were unable to link any of those people to the missing child. So, I mean, these are some good ideas, but, like, they're yeah, not leading anywhere. they're all really good. Like, you think they're dead bringers. Like, that's it. Yeah. Wow. Well, the two other purchasers um, were never identified. And they also were able to track down the woman who made the hat that was found in the searches, the blue corduroy hat. Oh. And she said she remembered making it because it was a custom order. So, there was only one customer that bought this hat. Yeah. One. Yeah. Like, freaking jackpot, hello. Yeah, so that's it. So. She said she believed the customer who had purchased the hat was about a 26-year-old male with blonde hair, but that's all that she could give them. The man paid with cash, and there was no way of Dang, tracking them down. that sucks. I hate it. Me too. So, she didn't have a name, an address, nothing to identify this man. Back at square one. So, the case gets colder and colder because there's no hard evidence or leads coming in. So, police decide to try something a little bit more unconventional, I would say. Uh-huh. So, they took the little boy and they dressed him up in a dark sweater vest with a long white sleeve shirt underneath. He had dark pants on and seemed to have, like, dress shoes or some you know, some sort of shoes on. And then they sat him up. They took a photo of him and then distributed the photo to the public in hopes that somebody would recognize him if he, quote, looked alive. Are you? Wait a second. And it's a very freaky photo. Like, you can Google it. It'll come up right now. I need to see it. But they dressed a, the dead body. So, yeah. So, they thought that, I don't know, I can't remember if how they distributed the picture of the boy the first time i really hope it wasn't his dead body because that's is very graphic the way he was found um but then they yeah they dressed him up this is weird so i think this what is the year, first what one year is this? 1957 so this is the um information wanted poster that went out around the time of 1957 march 8th so this is only like a week or so after 
That's what went out. That's and the little that's boy. His dead body. But that's not the one I'm telling you about now. So this is before. That's some shit right there. Ooh, that's rough. Well, let me just show you the one of him propped up. It's down there at the bottom. And that's the one they distributed to all media. That is horrifying. Isn't that scary? And like, oh my gosh, freaky. Oh yeah. But this outfit, it's. It looks like they're trying to dress this poor baby up as a clown or something. What's up with those pants? I don't know. Maybe that was the time. I'm not sure. It's goofy. I mean, yeah. But they but like set him up. Yeah, that's very just, like, sad. It gives me chills. It's freaky. I don't like it. Okay. Did I? What? That's how I was telling you. He's like so skinny. Golly. They took so many pictures of this poor child. I know. I mean, it's his body. It's weird. I hate it. I hate it. Isn't it weird seeing... It's like, oh. I hate it's it. It's like a dead child. That's weird. I, I don't like it. it. I don't I like it, it at all. Um, I don't know which pictures I'm going to post with this case. Because these are all pretty graphic. But, um... Yeah, I wouldn't look if I had known. Oh, it was heavy. Yeah. I'm going to have nightmares. I'm going to have scary dreams. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, it could be worse. It's just awful. But anyways, like I said, freaky photo. Think about seeing that in your newspaper. What if your kid picks this newspaper up? Like, oh what in gosh. the hell is they... I don't know. But anyways... Scarred for life. <laughs> this like still did not produce any more leads. Mm-hmm. And um, the boy was eventually buried in a potter's field in Holmesburg, Pennsylvania. Now, if you're like me and you have no freaking clue what a potter's field is, let your girl tell Good, you. Good, tell me because I don't. It was basically a graveyard for unidentified people or poor people. Mm-hmm. And his tombstone, his tombstone read, "Heavenly Father, bless this unknown child." Hmm. Now, let's throw it back to the police believing his hair had been cut shortly before or after the boy's death. Now, that's when this barber comes forward with a story. And he swears that this boy they found was the one that came in a week earlier with an older brother. Who Mm. seemed to be his older brother. He says he left unharmed. And the barber points them to a direction of, um, air quote-unquote, um, Strawberry Mansion. Mm. Wait, Strawberry Mansion? Mm Mm-hmm. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Which is where he claims the boy lived at. Now, as far as this Strawberry Mansion goes, mm-hmm. you know, I dug deep in, not deep, but I did a little brief overview of, of what I could find. Of course. Um, and it seems to be like a neighborhood or something, so it's not like a house. It's just like a neighborhood. And in the 19th century, like I guess when it first was established, it was a very wealthy part of Pennsylvania. But the 50s and 60s kind of wrecked the area due to the economy failing. So this mm-hmm. was during 1957, so this was not a very good part of town. Yeah, the time. Right. And I actually read that in the early 2000s, Strawberry Mansion was one of the most dangerous areas in Philadelphia. Dang. And, fun fact, Meek Mill graduated from Strawberry Mansion High. Uh-huh. But after this clue, there wasn't any more information on the boy in the box, who he was, or how he ended up where he did. So... I then read where fingerprint analyst Bill Kelly took a special special interest in the case when he arrived on the scene the day he, the boy was found. Mm-hmm. He looked through hundreds or thousands of birth records from local hospitals and a home for unwed women. 
All he had to work with was a magnifying glass and his eyeballs. And his eyeballs. And his freaking eyeballs. So he what? Has those eyeballs. For real, <laughs> he'd be shit out of luck if he didn't. So. <laughs> <laughs> So, he was comparing these birth files with the boy for years and years and years only using his eyes. Like, no computer, nothing. Like, he was checking thousands of birth records. That's crazy. And later on, he compared over 11,000 passport photos to the boy thinking he might have been an immigrant child. Nothing ever came up from that. Um, There was no leads, no any new information, nothing. Dang. Then, in 1998, a segment of The Boy in the Box's case aired on America's Most Wanted, and it led to a surge in interest of the case, Yeah, of course. Um, November 4th, 1998, after 40 years, the boy's body was exhumed. Dang. Yeah. The police's hope was to extract DNA samples from him to compare Mm. to possible relatives. And a year later, police announced they hadn't been able to get a good enough sample from his body. Aww. They reburied his his body in a new grave in Ivy Hill Cemetery in Philadelphia. He lies in a donated plot with a headstone that, like I said, reads America's Unknown Child. Mm. Now, this is the time we are going to get into the theories that have floated around throughout the years. Yeah. So I'm excited about, I like digging in deep, I like doing my investigative work and thinking what I'm thinking, you know what I mean, better bean. Yes, I'm excited so, to hear. So, mm-hmm. the first theory we're going to talk about today is that this boy came from a local foster home. Mm-hmm. In the 1960s, Remington Bristow, I love that name, by the way. It is very, yeah. Remington Bristow. Bristow. What? Okay, so... This feller was working at the medical examiner's office and apparently got a tip from a psychic. And the psychic said Mm. that the boy had died in a mansion that a couple had turned into a foster home. Mm. Bristow found a foster home about 25 miles away from where the boy had been found and located it using only the description of the house that the psychic gave. Mm. This home was owned by the Nicoletti family and after all the children in the home were accounted for, they were cleared in um, 57. So they had checked this lead out initially, but right. Bristow still wanted to do his own little investigation and mm-hmm. digging. So the Nicoletti family consisted of Arthur and Catherine Nicoletti and Catherine's daughter from a previous marriage, Anna Marie Nagel or Nagel. Nagel. I was going to say, I'm going to say Nagel. Mm -hmm. So, there was a gossip around town that Anna Marie had developmental disabilities, and men often, unfortunately, took advantage of her. Oh, no. Yeah. And her parents kind of pissed me off. Anyways, um, so it was also said that Anna Marie had actually given birth to four children out of wedlock, which society obviously frowned upon back in the Mm, 50s and 60s. Right. And three out of the four children were stillborn, and then a tragic accident took the fourth. So all of her children died. Nice. And there was an electrical accident at a department store amusement ride in 1955. Um, I think that's the accident that took her fourth child was an electrical accident at a department uh, store. Uh, two years before the boy in the box. That's horrible. Yeah. So that 
was not the end of the Nicoletti story, though. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Catherine dies, and Arthur ends up marrying his stepdaughter, Anna Marie. Come again? Mm-hmm. And in 1961, Bristow visited an estate sale that was being hosted at this house after the Nicoletti family moved away. There, he saw a bassinet that was sold in the same box that the boy was found inside. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't all. There were also blankets hanging on a clothesline in the yard that were the same kind that the boy was found wrapped inside of. What? So, this blanket wasn't just some plaid blanket they had found him in. It was a very distinctive Native American design on it, you know, in like the green and red and I think tan. Yeah. Bristow became convinced that the boy in the box was the secret child of Anna Marie, making him the couple's grandson. Mm-hmm. And he thinks the boy died in some sort of accident, and some sources I saw said possible drowning or falling out of a window. Two different, very, very different tips of the scale, but either or. And the couple did not want anyone finding out about the boy or being questioned for the murder. So they dump the boy's body in the woods. Yeah. And even though the police checked the foster home in the beginning, it was possible that they hadn't thought about checking if the owners of the foster home had any personal children. Yep. And if all of those children were accounted for. Mm. All they were doing were going in there checking to see if all the foster home children and, like, yep. hospital children, you know, they weren't checking to see personal children. Yep. So... In 1984, Arthur was interviewed again, but gave no new information that could connect him to the boy, and he refused to take a lie detector test, which always throws up signals to me. Like, I know they can't really be like, like, they're not, they can be like, you know, explained away. Exactly. And you can't use them. But like, still, why are you not wanting to take one? Yeah, if you're innocent, just do it. But then again, playing devil's advocate here. Mm-hmm. What if I was really nervous and failed, and I'm like, oh shit, this makes that me look. happens though. I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, I don't think you could get. I don't think so. Well, either way, he didn't take the test. Right. Mm-hmm. And there has never been any formal connections made to this foster home. I did read that decades after Bristow suspected suspected the Nicoletti's Nicoletti's God bless America. Hey. A detective followed this lead up again and actually ended up interviewing Anna Marie, who did confirm that she had a son die in 1957 in an accident. But, but apparently morgue reports say that the boy in the box couldn't have been her son. So, take that how you will. Is it her son? I don't know. Why couldn't he have been? They didn't say. I don't, DNA maybe? But that doesn't, honestly, what if she would have kidnapped a kid? (laughs) You know, I don't know. I don't know. So, yeah. But it says it could never be formally connected to the family. It's just a theory. That's right. Okay. Our second theory that we are going to talk about is the boy in the box was the son of carnival workers. Uh-huh. In 1961, investigators interviewed Kenneth Dudley and Irene Dudley after learning a few interesting things about... These people. Mm-hmm. First of all, they had ten children. Ten? Ten. And to make it worse, they were like shit parents. They were horrible. Oh. They had a seven-year-old daughter named Carol Ann who died from exposure, neglect, and 
being malnourished. What? And instead of burying her, they wrapped her body in a blanket and left her in the woods of Virginia. Uh-uh. And Carol Ann wasn't the last of the deadly children to die. Seven out of their ten died from malnourishment and neglect. Seven. Oh my gosh. Almost they all brought of their these, children. these children into the world. 70% of their children died to neglect. Wow. 70%. How in the heck did, like, I mean, I guess they're traveling all over the place. and Parties, mm -hmm, yeah. But, like, whoa. Yeah. So. Crazy. Mm -hmm. Despite all of this awfulness, though, that the boy in the box was never connected to the Dudleys, even though it really wouldn't surprise me, because, like, they just were dumping their children's bodies wherever they murdered them. So... That's crazy. So, That's a definite contender. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, for a while, police investigated the possibility that the boy in the box was a missing child named Stephen um, Damon. Damon? Excuse me. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Halloween of 1955 in New Jersey, Marilyn was getting ready to take her two children, Stephen and his infant sister, Pamela, trick-or-treating. Now, I'm not clear on if this stop was before or after trick-or-treating, but she does make a stop at a grocery store. Who and is this? I'm sorry. Marilyn, the mother. Marilyn, whose mother? Steven oh. and Pamela! Oh. <laughs> okay, I got you. Jesus, help us all. Okay, so... <laughs> okay, for real. For some reason, Marilyn leaves her children outside while she goes into this store. Oh. And when she comes back, both of them are missing. What? Eventually, Pamela was found. <laughs> she, well, that's good, right? She was found a block away, but there was never any sign of Stephen ever again. Oh. Stephen and the boy in the box shared a lot of similarities, but Stephen had a broken arm, oh. so that injury would show up, yeah. and he didn't have any signs of similar injuries, so this theory was ruled out, yeah. and unfortunately, Stephen has still never been located. Dang. So, the next theory we're going to talk is about- three? Four. What? We're already on four? Yeah. This one's a pretty long one. Mm-hmm. So, this involves a mystery woman, and I've seen in different sources, Sources she goes by M or Martha, but we're just going to call her Martha, so she has a name. Yeah, Martha. Now, this lead came about in about 2002, and Martha claims to have witnessed this entire murder and dumping of the boy, and she says Martha. that- mm -hmm. And she says that the boy's name- um, was Jonathan. As a child, Martha lived in Lower Marion, which, from what I read on Wikipedia, is highly populated middle-class area. In Pennsylvania still? Yes. Okay. And she was an only child. But she claimed she was regularly sexually abused by her mother. Her mother? Mm -hmm. Yikes. That's yeah. strong right there. Whoa. And when Martha was 10, she went... With her mom to a neighborhood she said she had never been to and watched an exchange. Her mother handed money over to purchase a young boy. What? What? So, Martha's claiming her mom has purchased the boy in the box who she is referring to as Jonathan. So, we're going to say Jonathan is the boy in the box. 
Martha is the 10-year-old child at this time, and she's Damn. witnessing her mom purchase a child. Oh, okay. okay. And she said that he was not treated great from the start at all. I'm going to give you another trigger warning because this is super freaking hard to listen to. Yeah. And it deals with the abuse of a young child. So if you're not wanting to hear that, just skip few, forward a few. Michelle has to stay here. Right. So Martha said when they arrived home, she immediately threw Jonathan into the basement and never let him leave the house. And this was not a nice basement. It was not clean. It was not made up for a child. It had trash everywhere. And the only place that he could use the restroom was a drain on the floor. And Martha said that he never spoke. And she believed that he had intellectual um, issues. And her mother would starve and abuse this young boy. And Martha believed that she bought the boy for no other reason than abusing him. Like, his sole purpose was for her to take his her anger out on him. Which is horrible. Like, what? how disgusting of a person. A woman. A mother. A I mother. I'm just blown. I'm super You're scared. supposed to be kind and caring and loving. Nurturing. You're supposed to be their safe place. The one that they run to. Not their personal hell. Yeah. You're starving a four, five, six-year-old. You're abusing a four, five, six-year-old just to use them as a punching bag. Like, what the hell is wrong with you, woman? There, there had to be something else to that. I don't know, but I don't like it. Do we know if this is true? I don't know. Okay, well, I'll get into that. Okay. So, the night Jonathan died, he had vomited up some baked beans. Oh. Now, I can only imagine why. I assume that she had been starving him and finally fed him something, forced him to eat it because she was being generous and then, like, shoved food down his throat. Like, that isn't in any sources. That's just what my mind would think mm-hmm. is why he would throw up baked beans. Like, he's being starved. She gives him food. He only eats a little bit of it. Like, can't eat all of it. And she's like, you better eat all that. You yeah. know. And he overfills and he gets sick. Yep. Yeah. I got you. I'm with you. So, when he vomits, Martha's mother bursted with rage and dragged the little boy upstairs, which caused the bruises on his legs and then threw him in the bathtub, which is why he would have been clean. She beat and smashed his head into the tiles as Martha watched from the toilet. What? Martha said that the scream was the only sound she had ever heard the boy make. Wow. She then said that Jonathan was dead and her mom would cut his hair, apparently to ensure police couldn't identify him as a prisoner of any kind. Wow. Then she loads him up in the car and Martha says they dumped his body in the woods According to Medium.com, an eyewitness spoke to a woman and child near the scene where Mm. the boy was found. And it was also said that the boy had been placed in the box that was already there. So, Martha said the same thing. So, it wasn't a box that she brought with With her. So, hunting down those people in the box, like, that box isn't going to do any good. She just used trash that was already there already to place there. the boy in. Mm-hmm. Which is, like I said, why they would have never connected him. Yeah. So, a few other guys that took interest in the case were Bill Kelly and Joseph McGillan, an investigator that worked with the ME office. They tried verifying Martha's claims and the best that they could. Um, and there were many colleagues and skeptics of the woman's story because she had a history with mental illness. Mm. 
They did confirm that what she said was the route to her former house in Lower Marion and where the dump site was. Like, she confirmed all this. And in one source I read, apparently there were baked beans found in the boy's stomach when they did the autopsy. So, that was some information that was mm. never released. And she said, hey, like, he threw up vomit. Like, he threw up baked beans that night. That would be like, ooh. Yeah. She's giving us information we did not release. But yeah. I can't just, I can't find if this even happened. Um, or if they had released this information to the public. So, the boy's stomach, um, they said they found baked beans in. And another source stated that there was residue in the boy's esophagus consistent with vomit. Mm. So, that's two different sources saying something about vomiting yeah. or something. And also confirming... But they said Martha, Martha was story. crazy... They didn't say she was crazy. They just said she had trouble with mental illness. Now, that's what I'm about to get into was like, yeah. it never it never states what kind of mental illness she has. I mean, it could be anxiety or depression. Right. Which or, would or, not I, affect your storytelling abilities that much, I wouldn't think. You no, know, like, it to would not be, be able something to, like schizophrenia or something like right, that. Right. They wouldn't be able to like, even want to believe what you say. So. Right. Even her psychologist believed that Martha's experience was a real one because she never changed her story. <laughs> that is so loud. Oh my god. I'm so sorry for the mints, y'all. My throat's a little scratchy. Y'all need to come after Shelly. <laughs> so, um, so her story never changed over the years or anytime she told it. So they believed that it was real. It happened. Yeah. Yeah. And I also read in one source that the doctor confirmed she told the story in 1989, but was not ready to go to the police yet. So, if she had told the story, this was years before she came to the police. Yeah. But that is not confirmed, and it was only in one source, but I did want to throw it out there that I read that. So, yeah. it is noted that no one in the neighborhood recognized the boy, and people said her claims were ridiculous. But if what Martha says is in fact true, and he never left the basement, of course no one else was going to recognize well, right. him. Right? Yeah, if it wasn't a public thing. But oh. yeah, ultimately police could not confirm her story to be true, so it was dismissed. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to get into a Reddit thread that I found—a little Reddit rabbit hole, if you will. Nice. Um. But if this is true, this gives a lot more details about the situation. So I'm going to read it to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and this post was made by username Desk Chair Detective. Oh. And they claim they have found the identity of Martha and have some more backstory to add to this case. Oh, that was an exciting find. It is, but it yeah. kind of pisses me off because, like, do you really know the identity of Martha, or, or are you just being? Because uh, they said I know the identity, but I'm not going to release it. So, but I'll get into all that in just a minute. So it. the story that Martha's mother brought bought the boy in August of 1954 is true, according to desk chair detective. This is what happens, meaning that the boy lived there for a little bit over two and a half years before his death, which would put him about five or six, lining up with. The age they believed he was. And it claimed that Martha's mother mother was a librarian and would have allegedly been working at high school when the boy was alive and living with the family. And after the boy was murdered, her mother got her master's degree and worked in several different libraries. So think about this freaking 
horrible human keeping a child in her basement and going to a freaking high school and being a librarian. Yikes. And then getting my master's degree. Yay. Like, that's a lot. What? Yeah, so. Mm. Crunch bag. And apparently also gives information about a father or a husband, which is strange because I never saw that in any of my real, huh. um, like, re- not, I mean, You're this is real, real. this is right. real research, you but you know, my, um, other research, but yeah. the Reddit user claimed that his name, and he called him Matthew, so they said that Matthew and the mother married during World War II, and Matthew also worked as a high school science teacher, and allegedly both the mother and the father are dead now, which brings up the claim that Martha told her psychiatrist about the boy in 89. The user said that they could not identify or verify that information, Mm. um, but her bringing it up to her psychiatrist, this is brought up in this source, which so this is why I mentioned it because I found it in another source that she actually tells this story before telling it to the police. Yeah. Um, they also couldn't identify, um, or verify that she had any mental illness. Um, like I said, especially the kind that would dismiss her story. Um, I mean, the user said that it could be anything from depression to like autism. Like there was like so much like that goes into mental illness. Like yeah, just saying a mental illness, like they didn't give us anything we know of. Right. Um, and this user couldn't confirm whether she had one or not anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever she did allegedly have, it never stopped her from earning a PhD and working full-time. So, <laughs> if that right. tells you anything. Right, right, right. This user also added a little bit more information about the boy's murder and a better time frame, kind of. Um, Martha said she remembered writing with her mother the morning after he died and um, remembering it was in a school day. So, the user speculated that the latest the boy could have died was Sunday, February 24th, because he was found on Tuesday, the 26th. Mm-hmm. And Martha allegedly suggested that her dad's brother was the boy's biological father because he showed him attention. Oh. Not confirmed. Keep this in mind. I know. It's a theory. Mm-hmm. With all of that being said, Philadelphia Police Department said it wasn't believable because apparently big starts of big parts of her story could be found in any newspaper and had no way of verifying what she said was true. This pissed off Bill Kelly, though, because they were dismissing her so quickly because of her quote-unquote mental illness. So this is what he had to say about it. Quote, she had more to lose than to gain. This woman had a good job, a PhD. It wasn't like she was some loony. We sat across the desk looking for any telltale signs of deception and saw none. She was articulate, very literate, and believable. Mm. So. Dang. That's all I'll say about Martha. Um, Our next theory is one proposed by none other than Frank Bender. And if you're like... Like about say Mr. Frank from the bank. Frank the Tank. Is that what you from call the it? Bank. Frank the Tank? Sometimes. Okay. Um, anyway, I've never heard that. Um, well, those that aren't <laughs> familiar. Frank the Tank, man. The movie Old School. Come on. No. You've never watched it? I'm not old school. You've never watched the movie Old School, though. No. It's really funny. Watch it. Okay. This is not funny what we're talking about, but Frank the Tank, it was 
old school it's funny well frank the tank bender um is this freaking super talented artist that sculpted the face of john list now really? if uh-huh you're like who the hell is john list well no worries guys we'll cover his case too but he oh. was a father who murdered his entire family in 1971 then I proceeded to cut his face out of every family photo in the house every family effing photo they could not identify this dude there was no pictures of him anywhere and he disappeared off the face of the freaking earth after murdering his three children his wife and his mother that is horrifying. Bananas. We'll cover that case too. So, John List. yeah, dude. We need to know what he looks like. It sounds like. Well, is he dead? Hold your horses. I don't right. actually know how that ended. And anyways, uh huh. I think he's in prison <laughs> if he's still alive. Yeah. He's for sure in prison if he's still alive. But I don't know if he's dead or not. Anyways, um, somehow they find this photo of him. I can't remember how. It was one lonesome photo of him, but it was 18 years later. So it didn't look like him. So right. Frank Bender, Frank the Tank Bender, yes. constructs an age-progressed sculpture of John List based off of what he freaking thought he looked like. Wow. No idea what he looked like. Finds wow. this pair of glasses in this like antique store, puts them on the sculpture, blasts that shit on America's Most Wanted. Within days, John List was in the FBI custody after 18 years on the run. That is nuts. I just oh, got listen. real hot talking about that. <laughs> That's a good case. I can't wait to cover that one. If y'all are hyped about it, get hyped with me. I'm like on cloud freaking 11 over here, bro. <laughs> like, I love it. I feel you. When they caught him, I was like, what? Yeah, awesome. After a sculpture. That's nuts. After a sculpture. A sculpture. Not even a real freaking, not even yeah. a picture. A sculpture. True. And he had no idea what this dude looked like. So freaking bananas. Anywho. So... Back in 2008, according, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. back into the case that we're actually covering today. Yeah. Uh -huh. Frank Bender went public with his theory that he thought the boy in the box could have been raised as a girl, which is why no one would have recognized him. If they cut his hair before his death and he was raised as a little girl, they wouldn't recognize a little boy That's in the woods. A, I don't know. This feels far-fetched. I'm here for it, but you just... So... Mm -hmm. He said, quote, I'm almost certain that they've been missing the boat because they've been showing a boy. And he is a boy, but the boy, I believe, was dressed as a girl. End quote. Later, Frank would release a sketch of the boy with long hair to look like a girl and see if that would ignite any new leads. Unfortunately, it did not. Yeah. And in 2016, two writers contacted the investigators requesting DNA to be compared to someone who was living in Memphis, Tennessee at the time. The writers thought it could be a family member of theirs, but in December of 2017, the DNA results were not a match. So, oh, somebody in Tennessee wrote into the police and were like, hey, I think yeah. this could be my relative. DNA says no. Mm -hmm. So, in 2016, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children released a facial reconstruction of the boy and released it along with adding his case details to their website. Before then, I don't believe it was anywhere. Yeah. And then in 2018, the genetic genealogist who helped solve the Golden State Killer case that same year mm. announced that they were going to be doing a DNA profiling of the boy to see if they could identify him by familiar DNA. Yeah. Which would be freaking awesome. But Amazing. as far as I know, nothing has come back from that yet. Oh, Couldn't find anything will. else. Mm -hmm. But Robert Kohlmeyer, 
It's yeah. hopeful that DNA will eventually lead to finding the boy's identity. And he did acknowledge the fact that whether or not we know the boy's identity, I'm about tired <laughs> oh, of saying identity. Uh, <laughs> so he says, um, you know, guys, we might be able to find out this guy's identity, but that's not necessarily going to tell us what happened to him. Like, all we're going to know is who he is. We're not going to know who hurt him, what happened to him, how his yeah. life was. Right. So mm. he does know and want he fully admits likely that whoever did commit this murder hurt him, disposed of him, whatever is dead now. Right. It's been a while. So that is the case of the boy in the box. I want you to tell me what you think. What do you think happened? Believe most believable theory, I told I you. I think it's Martha's story. Okay, I think so too. Like, she gave a lot it. of details, man. I feel it. She gave a lot of details. I, I think that's but like, with all the leads they had right after, you would have thought one of those would have I know. something would have happened. I know. And in the fifties, I was thinking this was like seventies, eighties, fifty-seven. I think it's Martha's story too. Yep. Educated woman, why would she lie? Yeah. And how would she like come up with all of that? I mean, I guess she could, but like, if none but of that detail was released, and she just that would be a real quinky dink. A winky dinkles. Yeah, dinkles. So, let me tell y'all my sources. And please, yes, please, please, please write in and tell me what you think happened to this yes. boy. I'm very intrigued. Because that was, what, five theories? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I lost count. Five or six, probably. Or six. There was a whole more on the internet, but I put the most believable ones up here. But that's right. Because people be kind of mooshed them together some. So, my sources are, of course, I always use Wikipedia, but I verify that through other sources. Mm -hmm. Allthingsinteresting.com, the Reddit article that I will link below. All of these, of course, I've been trying to link my sources below. That's good. Say yours and I'll do the same. Yeah. Um, I used unidentifiedawarenessfandom.com, ranker.com, medium.com, grunge.com, journeyranger.com. American Hauntings Inc.com, True Crime Edition, MissingKids.org, Stories of the Unsolved, and Dead Dread Central article. So, nice. That is the case of the boy in the box. That was good. Crazy. I'm glad to get off my chest now. I wish I hadn't looked at the pictures. Sorry. I don't know which ones uh, I'm going to post with this case. I don't know, ma'am. If Maybe just a, a poster. Or yeah, well, and I can put the, uh, like, I can put the um, uh, composite sketch of the, like, girl, like, hair, and then the sculpture. I think I can find a picture of the sculpture, and then the one that they did a reconstruction of, like, digital reconstruction yep. of. Y'all don't, don't look at the pics. Well, yeah, but if you don't Google this Google case, it. you're going to see you're it. Like, it's all over the place. Like, you do not have to dig at all. It's so, be prepared. I'm warning you now. Yeah. I always look. I can't help it. I can't either. I, I always look. I have to distract. Like if I re- like if they're like something super bad. Yeah. Like something I saw on TikTok the other day. It was like it said some phrase or something, and like don't go look it up. Don't go look it up. Well, I had to distract myself so I wouldn't go look it up because people in the comments were like, "You do not want to know." And I'm like, "Okay, Lucy, you really don't want to know. You're going to be disturbed after just distract don't your mind." It. And then I forgot about it, and now I can't even remember what the sentence Good. was, so I can't Google it. Good. Um, life tips from your girl. 
Okay. I'll give you all this and my peanut butter. Guys, hiccups, tell them. Did you guys know that if you take a spoonful of peanut butter, you won't hiccup again that day? So, I was at work and nobody freaking believed me. Did somebody have peanut butter? No. Oh, of course they didn't. I know. You need to get some of those little, well, damn, you can't get Jeff. There's not any Jeff anywhere. The little travel, the little travel Jeffs. Yeah. That's what you need, man. Keep it in your purse. But they for real, like, it's worked for me since I was a kid. If it doesn't work for you, I do apologize. But I'm almost like 99.8% positive it's going to work for everybody because my mom's always told me it did and she's never lied to me. The end. Never. I believe it. I just get the hiccups I and find out. I have hiccups so infrequently. And then you're going to forget I told you this. I know. You'll remind me. Hiccups, peanut butter. I just It's probably been... Over a year since I've had the hiccups. Maybe more. Oh, I've had them. I had them. Like, I haven't had them in a long time. But the other day at work, I swear I couldn't get rid of them. Like, me and Michael, he had a really good pack. But it came back later today, so I canceled it. But he, I had to hold my ears closed. And I, he was holding the bottle of water for me. Like, standing in the middle of the bank. He's holding the bottle of water for me. And I have my ears closed. He's oh, like, chug yeah. this water, Aunt Laurie. So it'll work. So... Upside down? Did you? I remember something about drinking water upside down. I would literally choke. Yeah. Well, anyways. (laughs) We're going to try it. I'm excited. Y'all, if you try the thing with peanut butter, the hiccups. How do I make myself get the hiccups, you reckon? I don't know, and I don't What does it, what causes, we should, I should Google. I mean, just see. Just some really crappy peanut butter. Because you can't buy Jeff. It's very sad. Mm. It's making me sad. I don't like other peanut butters, you know? Yeah, I'm a GIF girl, too. Okay. All right, well. We're about that to. That was good. Uh, that was great. Sign you guys out. Thank you so much. And go to sleep. Yeah, I'm like about to fall it's out like over here. It's like 10 o'clock. I feel like it's midnight. The guys aren't, the guys aren't going to wake up early to go golf. Are they? I, I don't feel like. They've been crunk and drunk. Crunk and drunk. Yeah. I know. I'm going to be sleeping. I hope the baby sleeps, too. Is she still away? Yeah. I think they took her on the golf cart. Still? We're going to go find out. Like, get your asses in the car. Let's go to the hizzy. Good night. <laughs> I've got to drive. Dude. Ooh. Anywho, so. We love you guys, and we thank you for We listening. do love you guys. As always, go follow us on the Instagram. At Pod. Get us on Facebook. Ill-Natured Podcast. Oh, we have a TikTok. I need to get back on it. Yeah. At Ill-Natured Pod. We're going to have a website soon. Yes. I don't want to drop too many so details excited. about it because we don't have many right now, but we are super freaking excited. And with the permission of the person that's doing the pod, or the website, we'll shout her out if she prefers, wants to, whatever. But I'm We're super excited. I'm so excited. It's exciting. I think she's going to do awesome. So, yeah. Stay tuned for that. Send Alyssa an email. Yeah. How about that? Illnaturepod at yahoo.com. And that's all we have for you today, folks. That's it. So we will catch you guys on the flip side. Peace.